Hello and welcome to the Change Your Latitude podcast. I'm your host, Pascal, business coach for location independence. I've always felt a bit different and being on a set path never really worked for me, so I started creating my own. Five years ago, I decided to quit my career in the advertising industry to start a business and travel. Now I help freedom seekers build a location-free business and set up their nomadic lifestyle in a way that makes them feel alive. In this podcast, we talk all about letting go of conventions, starting your own business and traveling with it. You'll also get to meet fascinating people that chose to live differently. There's more than just one way to live. Let's change your latitude. Hello and welcome back to the Change Your Latitude podcast. I'm so glad that you've decided to join me for this episode today because we have a very special guest and it's been a while since I had guests on the podcast and I actually have amazing interviews coming up for you guys in the next few weeks. So make sure that you stay tuned. But today we are starting with Shinjini Sir. She's the founder of The Great Kind. And she teaches all about self-mastery in such a unique and creative way that I knew I had to have her on the podcast for you guys. So I'm really excited for you to listen to this episode. And honestly, what happened is that I started stalking her on LinkedIn and I just fell in love with her content and how she showed up and how she explained uh, a few concepts. So really excited for you guys to listen to this episode. Just want to mention that there are a few uh, hiccups here and there with the sound. I'm sorry about that. We recorded this episode right in the middle of Mercury retrograde. So I guess that was it. But I am sure that you're going to get so much out of it. So without further ado, let's jump right into the interview. Hello, everyone. So I have a very special guest with me today. Um, I'm really excited to talk with Shin today because I started following her on LinkedIn a few months back and I thought her content was so, so interesting. And something in me just called me and, and said, like, you have to reach out and you have to ask her to be on the podcast. So I'm super excited to be with her today because she has such valuable lesson to share with you guys. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm happy that, <laughs> that you- That was such a nice intro. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Actually, I was, I'm reading your content on, on LinkedIn and I'm like, wow, that's, that's so valuable. I love, love, love that. I love your angle. I love how you share it. I love how authentic it is. And I just knew I had to have you here. So for the listeners that don't know you yet, um, I would love for them to get to know more about you and what you do and everything about your story. Sweet. Well, I mean, happy to be here, obviously. Um, and yeah, so thrilled that you speak so highly of me. Um, so if, if I had to share what I do in one word, it would be self-mastery. That's what I'm all about. And um, so I had you know, my background in business. And then I started in the corporate world. It was in brand marketing. All of it was really nice. It was really great and fun. But it just wasn't my end game. And whenever I looked at you know the senior people, the leadership team, I was like, here. And when I answered no to that question, it was kind of a no brainer. Okay, well, what are you going to do now? Um, and so for me, I'm so grateful and lucky to be in a position now where all of these amazing things are matching up. All of my life experiences are finally value added and I can be myself full time without the pretense. So what I do now is my own business and I basically call myself, and this is like a fancy title, I guess, but it's a mindset architect and a learning designer. I love so, that. 
I really help people kind of architect their mind. Like I'm not going to call myself a coach because I find a lot of the times people have a misconception of that. It's like, you know, kind of, you'll do all the work for me. You'll ask me all the questions. It's like, oh, I will teach you the foundation and the basics of the principles, but then you're the one who has to go do the work. Um, and then learning designer, that's really when I work with organizations and they have learning outcomes for their, their groups or their teams or their students. And so I create a workshop based on that. So my area of expertise is creativity, introspection, and then strategy. So strategies where the traditional kind of lens comes in where it's marketing and sales, but then introspection is like my baby. It's my heart, right? It's like if self-awareness was a course, what would it look like? And then creativity is all of my fun side where my art, my artist side comes into play. And then I've also done improv and that comes into play. So yeah, like my workshops, I would say are super interactive um, and they're very much like hands-on learning. So they're not like, you know, workshops that kind of be like, oh, we're, we're a workshop, but we're just going to talk to you for the next two hours and you're going to take a lot of notes. This workshop is more like, we're actually going to do exercises and you're going to learn right now. You're I not going to learn at home. You're going to learn right now. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like people are going to come out of it with like, not only lessons and knowledge, but also something very concrete. That's what I feel like. Um, and I love that about it. And I know that you talk about creativity, introspection, business strategy. And I'm curious to know, like, why these topics specifically? Honestly, these are like my life pillars. So when I first started, uh, it was really all in marketing, right? So I naturally have the lens of personal branding. I naturally have the lens of what are my values. And so when I think about my values, self-mastery obviously is one. Pushing myself outside of my comfort zone naturally because you got to grow. Creativity is a big one because I've just been a creative kid. Like I've always, I always was into art, like drawing and illustration. And then over time I moved into acrylic on canvas, always digital art. So it's always just been a thread in my life. And the reason I like that so much is because it gives me that alone time to introspect. And I think that having the self-awareness, having the self-reflection is so key to growth because people just grow for the sake of growing in the sense of they dabble into different things. So like, Oh, I'm going to go learn scuba diving. And then I'm going to go do a pottery. Sure. You're learning a lot of things, but are you actually growing? Or are you just spreading yourself really wide? Right. So for me, that, that growth and that aha moment comes when you're spending the time alone to self-reflect You're journaling, or you're having those conversations with people that are bringing out these critical thoughts in you where you're like, Oh, I need to do this a little bit better to go deeper because self-mastery is not just knowing yourself. It's not just you know, becoming aware of yourself, but it's also getting better to the point where you're now like that 1% in that particular niche that you've created for yourself. So for me, that's all about habits, right? And so, yeah, absolutely. Like it's, it's been kind of everything that I've thought through my life that is now kind of amalgamated into these three pillars. So my experience with who I am as a person and the fact that there's a gap in the industry that I feel. So when I was working at PepsiCo and L'Oreal, both times I found that culture was such an important part of my everyday life, but everyone had a different take on culture, right? Culture starts from ground up. It starts from the people and a lot of it is soft skills. A lot of it, like interactions with people, the kind of the conversations that you're having, um, the, the spontaneity of the fun culture. Right. And so for me, I became a cultural ambassador for both of those companies, but I saw that there was no real, like, there's a lot of training. Like these guys are fantastic with their training. Right. But there's not a lot of 
um, deep diving into self-awareness. It's all self, uh, like, uh, what do you call it? Like, it's like a survey that it's like, it's your, your own opinion of yourself. Mm-hmm. So it's not really, it's not really true. It's just, you're just getting what you might already have biases of in your own head. Right. So you're not necessarily actually self-aware just because you're, you're answering based on self-knowledge. Cause I remember there was this one, um, you know, Holly mine and she was super direct, very, you know, get in, get out kind of a personality. But when she got her self-awareness results back, like we did survey about a personality test and they break herself up to, into different colors. She that she was this creative, outgoing, fun, loving person. And it's like, but you don't show up like that at all. So you think you are that way, but you right. clearly are not. So you're not really self-aware. This is how you want to be. It's your aspirational self. Yeah. So how do we break that gap? Like that just wasn't there for me. So it was, a, it was a huge gap. And then the other piece was creativity. People think that you're born with it or only certain people can be creative. And I completely disagree. I think everyone's creative. I think it's a muscle. You need to train it. But in order for you to better is you need to train it every day, right? You can't just hope one day you're going to be creative. You got to actually like flex the muscles. So I show like exercises, mindset, that kind of thing of what you can do every day to become creative. Mm, that's so interesting. And I could not agree more with everything that you're saying, but specifically with now with creativity being a muscle and the fact that we are all born with it. We all have this creative side and we don't necessarily have to be that painter or that visual artist but I think it's just when you really boost your creativity and you grow that muscle it can, it can be so helpful in business as well something I wanted yeah because yeah, I mean yeah go for it no go ahead <laughs> well I was just going to say that creativity is kind of on a spectrum right of thinking creatively to doing creatively and you don't necessarily have to become a painter to be creative, right? You can also think creatively. And I think that's the part that people need more in their lives to then slowly start to push you to doing creative. You don't necessarily ever have to get to, but that pendulum of creativity is super flexible, right? So you can kind of choose where you want to be. Absolutely. And I think it helps you just come up with creative solutions for your business or just another way of showing up. And I love that you're talking about creativity, but also like in the way that your business is set up, when you go on your website and you look at what you're doing, it's super different. And I love that about what you're doing. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. What I really find interesting is that, you know, like all my life, I was kind of given this advice through business school and actually putting it into action in, uh, you know, companies like PepsiCo and L'Oreal is you always start with your target client, right? And your target client is all about, you know, who, what does she like? What does she do? Where does she hang out? And how can you kind of create your product and create your offering based on that? So your first process of thinking in the funnel starts with your client, but I kind of did it differently. So for me, I knew this was going to be like my end game. This is going to be my ideal offer. So, which is why it's interesting that you're like, what I have to offer is so interesting. And the reason it is, is because it's literally me in a nutshell, right? So I question my experience. I question my learning and my research and where I want to go deeper. And I said, this is where I want to provide value. And it's around creativity, introspection, and business strategy. And by starting with that funnel first of what is my value? What can I offer to other people? It sort of changed my lens a little bit. And then it started becoming, okay, now who would my ideal 
target be for this particular author. So when I speak to people, I speak to potential clients, they can instantly see that I am so passionate about this topic and that this offer is so unique that we connect on a much deeper level. Like it's not just, Hey, this product is perfect for you because you're my ideal client. It's instead that I have value here to add. And if you think that you can get that for me, then it's a perfect fit, you know, and it's obviously super contradictory and controversial in a way compared to what I've learned in school and what I've done in the past, but this is working for me. And I cannot be, uh, like I cannot, um, say anything negative about this process just because it's works for me so well. And it's intuitive that it's like, yep, this is me. If I was a product, what would I look like? And it's a funny story. Actually, when I first applied to L'Oreal and PepsiCo, I sent them a mini resume box. I don't know if I have it. Oh, I actually have it, but it doesn't matter. This is a podcast, so it doesn't even matter, (laughs) but I'll show you, but it's basically like this mini product and it looks like a mini cereal box. Oh, nice. So it's like, what, what would I look like if I was a product and what would my offering be? So on the side, I have like my experience on the back. I have my nutritional facts, which is like creativity, curiosity, personality, my skills and interests back then were consumer behavior, digital media, like all that stuff. And then, um, in, on the back, it also said expiry was best graduation. So it's like, you want to hire me now. And, um, on the inside, I had these like little candies. I don't even think they're in there right now, but the candies were individualized M&Ms. And so they said, hire me, Shinjini sir, my phone number. Um, and so obviously that made me stand out so much, right? So instead of thinking about who my ideal client is, I'm like, okay, if I want a job at a CPG, I want to, I have to be able to market myself as a product mm. as simple as that. So if I was on a shelf, what would I look like? And why would people buy me? Well, what is my, you know, unique offering? And so I've kind of always, whenever I've had these breakthrough moments, thought of it from that lens versus the first question being who is your ideal customer instead being, what can I offer? Like what value do you provide? Yeah. I love that. And I wish people could see it. It's so, so original. Like it's a, <laughs> it's kind of like a candy box with like the nutritional information. It's amazing. I love that. And I love that. It's, it's like, you're asking yourself, well, if I were a product with all my weaknesses, my strength and everything I can offer and all the passions that I have and my value system and everything, what would that look like? And I love that. And it's funny because like you were mentioning, that's what we learn in school uh, in marketing and all of that um, to start with the ideal client. And I still think it's important, but at the same time, it's like to bridge in between you and that ideal client and to find the middle ground between the two. And um, that's also something I actually teach with because I, I didn't know that that was your process. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually also mine. I think it's, it makes That's awesome. It makes such a big difference in the sustainability of your business and also how you show up and the people are like, they want to be part of that passion because they see that, uh, you know, you're so passionate about something and you show up authentically as you yep. with your quirks and with your passions and with your weaknesses and everything. Um, And I just love hearing that. And just to package yourself, like to ask yourself, if I were a product, what would this look like? And I love that. I absolutely do. Yeah. And this advice is great for people who are kind of 
starting from a personal brand standpoint, because you already have such a unique story that makes you you, right? Whereas if you're starting a brand from scratch, it's a little bit harder, right? Because obviously then you might have to start with values of the brand and what is this brand trying to go do? What problem is it trying to solve? So that's a little bit different, I would say. But yeah, this this works perfectly when it comes to people who are trying to sell their services. Absolutely. And that ties in nicely to something I wanted to talk about, which is about unlearning a few things so you mm. kind of had to in a way now unlearn what it, whatever you 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 learned in school for marketing and just do your just do you so i know that that is something that you talk about a lot unlearning um in everything you yeah. do uh this is also something i've talked about on this podcast as well so i'd love to hear your thoughts about why do you think it's crucial to unlearn Totally. So I think what happens, and I've seen this a lot in a lot of people, is that we get we get really tied down with the stories that we've told ourselves, right? I mean, who we are today is a collection of the stories that we've told ourselves, which is obviously great. It's fantastic. But when you hold on to it, it starts to stop you from growing because now you're like, oh, oh no, that doesn't sound like me. Or no, I'm not going to take that risk because, you know, it's not really my area of expertise, whatever. So Unlearning is super important when you need to reinvent yourself, when you need to take that leap and you're kind of kind of trying to jump levels. Um, so unlearning, the reason I talk about it so much is because we have to let go of the past and let go of those stories. And you kind of have to give yourself a new narrative. So for me, the great thing about the values that I have, one of the values is to push myself out of my comfort zone. And I know that's similar to you as well, which is fantastic, right? So naturally, I'm kind of putting myself in this state of unlearning always, because it's like, well, if it scares me, I need to go do it even more because what's happening in the brain, and this is kind of like the science of it, right? So we have our ancient brain, which is kind of in the middle of our brain, which has got the amygdala. It's all about fight or flight. And then we have our sophisticated brain, which is the prefrontal cortex, which is all about the logic center, right? The rationale. So we constantly have this conflict between our brains and it's going on inside our minds where our ancient brain, our safe brain is trying to keep us safe. It doesn't want us to try those new things because it's scared of the unknown, right? Whereas this sophisticated, rational brain is like, oh, but I think this makes sense. You know, I think this is my vision for the future. I want to go here. But then your, your safe brain is like, ah, oh, I don't know. And it's starting to bring up all these insecurities. And then if you give into it, then your rational brain starts to rationalize it, right? Mm. So it'll start to be like, oh yeah, you know, it's not the right time or, but I'm making a lot of money here or I have a lot of debt. And so I need to pay that off first, or maybe I should go do that. And you kind of start to distract yourself. You start to rationalize and you start to delay the process. For me, the biggest thing that clicked is three years ago when someone asked me, Shin, what are you doing today to advance yourself towards your dreams? And my answer was nothing. I'm doing absolutely nothing. And I had created this dream. I had talked about my dream but I had not followed it up with action. So I think the key to unlearning, I would say is speak from facts. So take emotion out of the way. Emotion has a role to play in a different way, but it's, it doesn't have a role to play when it comes to unlearning. Second piece is calling yourself out on your bullshit, right? Like you're constantly going to rationalize, but it, it's just excuses. The question is, did you do it or did you not? You didn't go try again. Right. And then the third piece is, um, what was the third piece? Hang on. I got to think about this. Oh, it's action. It's following it through with action. 
Right. As simple as that. So like a simple example I'll give you is like when people are trying to wake up early, right? And unlearning is a huge, plays a huge role with habits, which is what I'm all about, right? So people try to wake up early and they want to unlearn sleeping in, right? And this unlearning obviously can play a role. Like it'll, it plays a role in literally everything you're trying to do in your day to day because you're on autopilot. So if you're on autopilot, you can't really unlearn, right? So you got to kind of turn that off to be like, okay, I'm ready. I'm here. And so, okay, well, the facts are, did you wake up early or did you not? You didn't. Okay. Well, no rash, no excuses. How can you call yourself out on your bullshit? Cause you're going to be making some excuses. Oh, I slept in. I like I slept late last night. I went out with friends, blah, blah, blah. No. Okay. Follow it through with action. So are you going to go to bed early? Maybe set a bedtime alarm. Maybe set your alarm for the next morning in a different room. So you have to get up and you have to go get it. Maybe take a cold shower right after you wake up so that you're now alert. And then those become your new metrics. So then you ask yourself, okay, did I go to bed on time? No, try again. Did I put my alarm in the next room? No, try again. And it's so simple and logical that if you take the emotion out of it, it's not that complicated. It yeah. really isn't. That's what I but was about to say. convoluted. Yeah, it sounds so simple when you say it like mm -hmm. that, but it's true. When you remove the emotion out of it and you follow this one, two, three step process, mm -hmm. it just makes so much sense. Uh, absolutely. And I love hearing you talk about, like you said, it's it's difficult to unlearn when you're on autopilot. So, and you said, because you have to turn that off. So I was curious to know how, how do you turn that off, the autopilot? Yeah. That's a great question. Honestly, for me, like I like to self-reflect and journal a lot. So by keeping my vision at my forefront of the day. So whenever I journal or whenever I do have that alone time and alone time is huge. Extroverts will be like, oh, but I can't be alone. I get bored. I'm an extrovert, but alone time is so critical because it actually allows your brain to shut up, <laughs> right? It allows it to turn off all the noise and just like tune into what's actually going on. So for me, if my vision is... I want to be, um, you know, the best version of myself and self mastery for me is constantly pushing me to be better. Right. So I want to like fiercely abolish my limiting beliefs. Okay. That's my vision. Well then let's self reflect through the day. Did I do that today? Or was I just kind of in routine mode? Right. And routine is not necessarily a bad thing. In fact, great. If you want to get to discipline, but it's about choosing the right habits to put into your day. So like I do these Twitch streams right on Wednesdays, which follow along my morning routine and these habits I've put in there because I feel that it helps me get to the next level, working out every day, reading every day, taking a cold shower every day, meditating every day. These are things I wouldn't do if I hadn't scheduled it. Right. So get so for me the autopilot before was waking up right before i had to get up going and showering getting ready and going to work i don't set any intention i kind of let the day come to me right and i'm just kind of reacting whereas okay so my vision was i want to be more intentional so what do i need to do so it's more of like creating a plan almost and then executing against the plan so over time by just making small increment changes like you don't have to now start suddenly start doing a two-hour morning routine tomorrow that's a lot of pressure right but saying okay i want to change my mornings that's enough to get yourself out of the because you're giving yourself a suggestion right and that suggestion is going to now roll into action. So, okay, I want to change my morning. What can I change? I go try to wake up. Or what can I change? Maybe I'm going to skip coffee today. Or maybe I'm going to try and meditate for 10 minutes. Like 
just small changes like that. And then the moment you do it, you'll see the results. And obviously results might not come in day one, but by sticking through it, you're going to start to now associate yourself with someone who wakes up and meditates. Like I would never, I would laugh at someone who would be like, Oh, I, I meditate. It's like, okay, yeah, whatever. That's garbage. But now I do it. Right. And it's, it's so crazy. And I think a lot of people are afraid of becoming like a robot, right? Like, Oh, I don't want to be so disciplined that I'm just like a robot. But that discipline allows me to be spontaneous for the rest of my day. And it allows me to be spontaneous on a whole new level. Cause now I have this confidence and this like mindset of like, I'm invincible and I can go do anything just because I set my intention. Right. So that discipline and one of the things that I do, like the, my business that I run is called the great kind, right? So I study the greatest kinds of people and, and it's not great kinds of people just because they make a lot of money, but they're the greatest in the fields because they've researched something and they've become an expert and every single one of them has a process, right? So you have to find your process. It's not about copying other people. I mean, in the beginning, you can, if you don't know where to start, start by copying, see if it works for you and then start to tweak. But it's really about that moment of self-reflection that's going to help you turn off the autopilot. Absolutely. And it's all about those habits. Like you said, I think we, in any case, we do have habits, but it's thinking about like what makes sense for me uh, with the goal that I have and just reverse engineering it into an intentional habit for you and to stack those up to make sense and to build that confidence, as you said, to... Um, to get into that confidence and that energy as well, that like you said, it, it gives you the space to be spontaneous and it doesn't have to be so rigid anymore. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what are your favorite like daily habits to get into that energy or that space where you feel creative and spontaneous? Yeah. So I'll tell you mine, but obviously by no means anyone, everyone has to do that. So yeah. um, I do habits every day, my goal. So I've gotten to a level of consistency, which I'm happy with, but the goal for me is to do it in the morning, which is why I started those Twitch streams. because I'm like, all right, it's going to hold me accountable. So the habits that I do is you wake up, you make your bed, waking up early, ideally at 523. If you set a time that's specific, then you're more likely to wake up at that time. Mm, and if it means something to you. Yeah. So my birthday's on the 23rd of August. So that's uh, 523. Two plus three is five, 523. That's how I got to it. Wow. And yeah. And so I'm like, okay, you wake up early, you make your bed, making your bed is a keystone habit. The moment you do it, it starts to, uh, you know, uh, lead into all these other habits that you now end up doing for the rest of the day. So it starts your day off. Right. And yeah, I love making my bed. Um, second is hydrating. So I have to drink a glass of water then. Um, and that's just in the morning. I have to do that. And then it's about uh, moving. So not just uh, moving, like going for a long walk, but sweaty movement. I need to make sure that I sweat. That can be like 20 minutes, but ideally like 20 to 30 minutes. And if you do that every day, you're good to go. No rest days. So I don't, I don't believe in rest days. And then after that, it's meditating. Um, so sometimes I like to take a cold shower before meditating, but when I'm on the Twitch stream, I meditate before the cold shower just because of logistical reasons. But the meditation, honestly, it takes me about 10 minutes to even get into it. Because for the first 10 minutes, my mind's just scattering. I'm just trying to call it. And after coming out of meditation, I find that I have a lot of creative ideas. Like it's very easy to be creative 
in that space for some reason. I feel like maybe you're tapping into your consciousness. I don't know what it is from a science perspective. Like it's still being researched and I haven't dabbled enough into that research, but meditation. Cold showers are freaking huge, especially if you want to get out of autopilot. Like you cannot be on autopilot when you're doing a cold shower. Like you become alert, you know, like your body just instantly is like, whoa, like you gotta like fight it almost. It feels, it feels really cool after, during, eh, not so much, but after I love it. It's so refreshing. And then I will read ideally like ideally like 30 minutes but sometimes it becomes 10 to 20 depending on the day um so i'll try to read a chapter if i can read a chapter it's like yeah you did it and then um, eating something nutritious so some sort of whole foods but yeah that takes two hours to do if mm. i do it all right so and it's a it's a huge time commitment sometimes it's not for everybody you know some people just want to wake up early and work out and then go start working and that's totally cool too so the reason i do it on live stream is like you can follow along you can actually try it for yourself and then if you don't like it, you don't have to do it, but at least you tried it. Exactly. And I love how you stack those up one after the other. And it all comes down to that self-awareness. And, and like you said, like after meditation, you realize I'm super creative. That's the right time to do this other habit. And then that cold shower snaps me out of it. And that's a good like moment to stack this other habit. And it just it has a ripple effect one after the other. And it just makes sense all together. And yeah, it's super inspiring. And like you said, Thank you. you can always like follow someone else's habits and start with that to just get inspired. But then it's all about fi finding what works for you. Um, mm -hmm. But then we can follow your, you said you can follow your routine on Twitch. Is that yeah, what you can. Yeah, you can. Really? Yeah, it's twitch.tv backslash the great kind. Oh, I have to check that and out. And I do it every Wednesday, every Wednesday morning. I'm there at 523. Wow. And we're going. Yeah. Amazing. So you keep yourself accountable and then other ones as well, like everyone in your community. I love mm -hmm. that. Wow. I, have I mean, to follow this. at this point, I've only had like three people actually follow along because it's, it's a lot and I get it, but people come and watch, they'll watch like a portion and then they'll like go away. So I also save them as highlights. So obviously if you don't live in the Eastern standard time, you can't follow along at the same time. So you watch it as a highlight and you can do it kind of pretend like I'm live. Um, because yeah, I'm very much like just talking through the whole thing yeah, um, and yeah. explaining the benefits as we go along. And so hopefully you feel it because you've also, you also understand the science behind it. So that it's like, Oh wow, this makes sense. You know? Yeah. I yeah. love that so much. Uh, I'm going to go check that out for sure. Right after this call. Yeah. <laughs> it's so much I would fun. love that. That would be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, there's something I really wanted to ask you and it's when I read your websites, um, mm -hmm. where you share like a a childhood story about mm -hmm. and you stopped talking one day and it's surprising because now you're doing those speaking events and you're showing up always on camera and speaking all the time. So that, that keeps quite surprising to me. And I would love for you to share a bit more about that story and also how you overcame all of that. Sure. Yeah. So I actually have that. So I did a TED, TEDx talk last year and it was about unlearning fear. And it was that story, that story kind of kicks it off. And then I use a model that I, I, I went through it myself and I kind of created it to like put words to it, to show you what a model would look like in a child's head. Right. Um, cause I never went to a therapist, but essentially what happened was I was two years old. My parents came home one day and they saw me that I was I was hiding under a table. Now they left me home with my trusted nanny. Like there's no way that the trusted, like the nanny did anything. Um, like she was super, super awesome. Like I loved her. 
but the nanny was like, something scared me. And for some reason I was just under the table, I was hiding and I wasn't talking. So my parents tried to get me to talk, but I wouldn't. And they took me to the doctor. They're like, what's wrong with her? Like, did she just lose her voice? And so the doctor's like, no, if she started speaking at one point, she's going to speak again, but something must've startled her. So just play with her, do all the regular things that you do with her. And then eventually she's going to talk again. So after a week, um, after like playing with me and all of that stuff, I think my parents took like <laughs> days off from work. Cause they were like, this is insane. Like what happened to her? Mm-hmm. Um, I finally started talking again, but when I did, I had a stutter. And so that stutter lasted for 10 years. So I had it from the age of two to the age of 12. And um, honestly, the only way I got through it was to expose myself to my fear. So at that point, I I obviously didn't know what, what triggered my fear. I still don't know what triggered it. Um, but something happened that day that just shot my self-confidence. And so whenever I would be in front of people of authority or in front of multiple people and I had to like speak or public speak, anything like that, just wouldn't be able to get words out and then because I'm stuck my brain would start to yell at me so it'd be like what the hell are you doing like they're judging you like you look stupid like and it just negative self-talk right and then I would get even more caught up in that spiral and then it uh, 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 and it just cannot get the word out um so it was a lot of self-love. Like I had to like stand in front of the mirror and talk to myself, get used to my voice. Um, I started creating a bunch of characters. So that I feel was like the start of my improv life, but I had no idea. Right. But I created these characters. I used to love the British accent. I used to do the British accent a lot. And I used to like hear myself talking, crack myself up. And I started like being that fun, goofy person that I know I was when I was with my parents, when I was with my friends. But for some reason, when I was in public, I just couldn't be that person. So it was kind of like these a, a conflict because I was like, this is who I am and I can't show you who I am and I'm frustrated and you think I'm stupid and I'm not. And, it, and people honestly, like we are so lucky to be living in a world today where we have people that are more educated, understand better, they have more patience. But back then, so I grew up in Dubai, born in India, grew up in Dubai and people definitely judged me. Like they thought that I was dumb for sure. That was like a thing. And that really affected my ego. Like even at a young age, I had that ego and I wanted to be respected, but I just didn't get that respect at all. And so literally every day I would to myself and all of that. And then slowly I started doing elocution contests where I would go on stage. So elocution is where you recite a poem within a given period of time. And I would never be able to do it in that period of time the time where it would go off and they'd be like, all right, Shin, that's it. You know, thank you. And then I, but I keep doing it. I keep coming back. And then the first time I actually finished the poem, it wasn't even a great delivery, but everyone stood up and I got a standing ovation. And that was for me, was like, I earned this, you know, and that fueled me so hard. So then I started doing plays. Um, I started volunteering for really like rich characters. Like I wanted to be the wicked witch of the West in the wizard of Oz. And like, she's a badass character, right? And I wanted to bring her to life. And and when I did, that success kind of made me more self-confident, have more self-love. And yeah, just, it was, it was insane. But that entire process, yeah, it took 10, 10 years. And even now, sometimes I might stutter, but I'm so quick at it that you might not even hear it. Um, But my boyfriend one time, he was like, you still have a little bit of a stutter. I'm like, yeah, I know I do, but it's just, it's so quick that I just move on. And that the adrenaline rush that I get from being on stage, like I still get nervous to this day, right? Sweaty pits. I got to go to the washroom, all that stuff. (laughs) But right after I'm done speaking, I just, it's this exhilarating freedom of like, I finally was able to be myself on stage, Mm. you know? And, and that for me is like, 
it's the, it's the biggest gift that I've given myself for sure. Clearly. And just forcing yourself to go like right in face of that fear and just, you know, confront that. Just do it. Yeah. Yeah. It takes a lot of courage and I'm, I'm, I'm sure that it was a hard experience, but it just, it's so inspiring to, to hear you talk about it. And I will leave the link for your TED talk, like below this, the show notes. Sure. I would love for people to go and watch it. Um, I think it's super interesting. And so I would love to end on a specific question. So the name of this podcast is Change Your Latitude because it's really about a community that's all about growth and movement, uh, whether it's with travel or self-development. So I would be curious to know how are you going to change your latitude this year? So maybe you have travel plans or there's something you want to work on uh, in terms of personal growth. So I would love mm-hmm. to hear you. Yeah, so for me, the biggest thing I've learned is consistency every day is what gets you to predictable success. Mm. So now that I'm starting my business, it's 10 months in. For me, it's really about that growth, but I'm not trying to grow in a way that's like doing quick sort of uh, overnight kind of hoping that my business grows by doing this quick fix, right? It's really about consistency of action. So I have a system in place. I'm acting every day, um, setting those goals and executing on it and then just doing more and more and more of it. And the crazy thing is I've already seen that predictable success. Like it's slow. It's excruciatingly slow. Don't get me wrong, but it's there, you know, and it's so visible that like numbers don't lie. And so for me, it's really about, cause I'm not a consistent person. Like it's very hard for me. And so I know I preach these things, but it's because this is my aspirational self. And so I want to, it's almost like me telling myself what I need to yeah. do. You know what I mean? And so consistency, like I'm definitely getting better. I'm getting so much better. Like if you knew me two years ago, I'm not the same person. So it's really about doing that every day and not falling off. And the moment you fall off, recognizing it and continuing to go. So um, really for me, I know it doesn't sound sexy at all, but it's about consistency of action and that's going to get to predictable success. So I'm really growing right now because, so I don't have any travel plans, unfortunately. Got to stay here, (laughs) got to grow from here. Um, But yeah, I think once I get there, like I will feel so rewarded because I know that I, you know, I planned it for so long and just executed and followed Absolutely. through. Absolutely. And I love what you said here about like falling off, but then when you have this super, like this system in place where you know exactly what you need to do in that two hour morning routine or whatever that routine looks like for you. And you know, it's one thing it's that after this one, after this one, like when you feel yourself fall off the bad wagon, it's easy for you to get back to it because you know what the system is. Exactly. Uh, Yeah. I love that. And consistency is so, so important. So I know I'm going to follow you on Twitch and keep you accountable myself too. So (laughs) thank you. That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to leave all your links in the show notes, but um, if people want to know more about you, where's the the best place to find you and follow you on the daily? Um, Instagram, for sure. I think I post the most on there. Uh, but yeah, if you want more like hands-on content, long-form content, uh, exercises for yourself, then Twitch would be the best place. But the great thing is uh, my name is Search Engine Optimized because there's no other Shinjini <laughs> Sir in the world. <laughs> So yeah, if you type Shinjini Sir um, on Google search, you're going to find me. You're going to find my YouTube. You're going to find my Twitch. You're going to find my Instagram. But those are the three channels that I really um, focus on. 
and YouTube is more for entertainment, but still getting knowledge. So you're entertaining, entertain and getting educated. Twitch is more for actually getting the exercising and doing it yourself. Like you're in action mode. And then Instagram is also kind of for just to keep you accountable and keep it top of mind of like, Hey, I gotta like put myself in check or I gotta chase my dreams. And it's, it's a little bit more inspirational, aspirational content. Um, but yeah, that's where they would find me. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being here today. That was super interesting. And I know, I know that all the listeners will get so much out of it. So I'm really, really, really happy that you were here today. Thank you so, so much. Thank you so much for having me, Pascal, honestly, like, and also the fact that, you know, we worked together and I completely, it was just such a small, short stint of my life that I completely didn't remember. And the fact that you found me and that we've connected, like, it just makes me so incredibly happy. And also the fact that you're chasing your own dreams and you're making yourself the happiest that you've ever been. It's just very, very nice to see. Like, I really, it makes my heart full. Amazing. So let's keep in touch. Thank you so much, Pascal. Bye. Yeah, you as well. Bye. All right. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I am sure it was valuable for you and I cannot wait to hear what was your biggest takeaway. If you have any questions for either Shin or I, let us know. We would be happy to help you and answer any of your questions. But thank you so much again for listening to this episode and I'll see you in the next one.